as we step into this time, God, that you would be right with us, God, that it would be all you, God, none of us and all you. Draw people unto you, God, by your spirit and by who you are, God. God, there's nothing that, that we can do on our own to change anything, God. We just invite you into this time, God. We invite your presence here today, Lord.
day for us here at Hill City and for all of you too. It's our first time, or it's our first service being Hill City and we're going on from here. Are you guys excited? I need you guys help today. Stop loving us. You'll 
I'm always excited to do this with you guys, to do this some praise and worship, but I'm especially encouraged when I see our kids with their heart for God. So what I'm going to do is I want to see the adults, I want to see all of you out there. Who in here is brave enough to say, raise their hand and say they can dance? Who's brave enough? Let me see your hand. Who can dance? Okay. Maybe you don't know how to dance, it's alright. Can you jump? Who can jump? That better be everybody's hand. I need to see you guys get a little wild today. Kids, help them out. We're going to show them how it's done. I want to see you guys out there jumping. Just like that. Here we go. You'll never stop loving us. No matter. 
give up on us. All of heaven shout that the future begin. Let the future begin. All right, here we go. We're going to start it over. Start off on the ground again, right here. Clap your hands. All right, adults, this one's on you because the kids already got it down. I want to see more from you. Here we go. Ready? Everybody jump. One, two, three, jump. I feel alive. I come alive. I am alive. On God's great dance floor. I feel alive. I come alive. You guys got to jump. On God's great dance floor. On God's great dance floor. Stop loving us No matter how far we run You'll never give up on us All of heaven shall Let the future begin You'll never stop loving us No matter how far we run You'll never give up on us All of heaven shall Let the future begin I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you, kids. Woo! Oh, man. Don't go anywhere yet, kids. Hold on. Hold on. Stay here. Don't listen to your teachers. No, I'm kidding. Listen to me. All right, man. Welcome to Hill City Church, everyone. Excuse me while I catch my breath. All right. Tino's like, get down. I'm like, I can't get down that far anymore. I'm trying to like bend my knees. Man, it's good to have everyone here. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for, um, you know, switchovers today. And uh, just a, a quick thing about our kids. Um, this is a priority and a focus for us. All right? This doesn't mean the leadership of Thrive Church. This means the entire church. Amen? And this is my beautiful wife right here. And um, not just, they're not cheering. I think they're cheering because you're my wife. And I think that's really cool. No, but she's the, the leader of uh, Thrive Kids. Oh, God. I just said I'm not going to say that. Sorry. Hill City Kids. Hill City Kids. I failed already, guys. Can you say Hill City Kids? All right. When we say Hill City Kids, too, when we say that, we mean kids from zero up to 18. Amen? So up to Push and Tino and Mo, our kids, right, our focus, right? And now that's a focus of ours. They're a part of our church. It's an investment of ours with our time and our resources. Amen? We look at our budget, we're like, we give money to our kids. We give money to the next generation so that they, we do it with excellence. It's a priority of ours so that one day all of you guys encounter Jesus. Right? Do you want to encounter Jesus? Have your own personal, whoa, there's so many candles up here. I'm going to fall on something. Have your own relationship with God. Amen? That one day you guys would all encounter God and make him your savior. So guys, give him a hand. And thank you for bringing energy into this place. Thank you for making us look like fools. And man, something happens when we grow in adults. We're like, man, I can't dance anymore. 
I got to be so sophisticated and reserved. But man, let's just give it to God, amen? And that's what it's about. You guys can go. I don't want to send you away. I feel really bad. But go back. We got a brand. If you haven't checked out um, Hill City Kids, I caught myself. Go check it out. We got a brand new sign back there. This thing's 20 feet wide. It's so cool looking. Uh, we got robots. We got a new screen. So some really good things happening back there. Awesome teachers. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, everybody who serves with Hill City Kids. Um, give yourself a hand. Hey, man, you guys can be seated. I know you've been standing for a while. Uh, if you didn't give shirts, didn't get a shirt, there should be more shirts out there. Is Lacey here? Are there any more shirts? I think there should be. Um, man, so feel free to pick up a shirt. <clears throat> um, and uh, just a few quick announcements, and we're going to keep going so Pastor John can, can preach the word. we got some cool things going on. Um, there's, there was a, a sheet on every other, there's this piece of paper. Uh, please read through this. The front is just, it's a message from uh, our senior pastor, Pastor John O. And, uh, and it just, it's a letter about our vision, our mission. And on the back is some, some um, changes about our, um, about uh, giving, about our um, contact information, who are the leaders of, of Hill City Church. And there's a lot more things that we could cover, obviously. Um, we don't want to overwhelm anybody with too much information. Um, from a donation standpoint or, or giving, um, we are cutting over from Secure Give and the old um, the, the Thrive Church way of doing things. And we're on a new website. Uh, we even got so fancy, we have a QR code reader for those of you who are really up on technology. Um, so you can scan that with your phone if you got a reader, and it'll go right to the website. Um, so if you if you are on the legacy system, you know, feel free to cut over now uh, to the new system. It's super easy. Um, it shouldn't take you more than a, a few a 30 seconds. Um, we still accept cash and check and all those great things. Um, even the kiosk out here has been has been turned over. So thank you, Alan, for doing that. The kiosk right next to the little iPad thing, that's on the new site. All right, I just wanted to get that out of the way. So thank you for your generosity, and um, this church wouldn't exist without you guys. All right, um, from your from your 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 generosity, from your time, and and just your resources and your own gifts, um, and uh, just all those things. It's uh, we also need um, you know your 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 treasure or their, your financial. Um, um, generosity for this place to exist. Amen? You guys with me? All right. All right. Well, I'm going to pray, and we're going to receive the offering this morning, our first official Hill City Church offering. So if I can have the ushers come forward, and we'll go ahead and hand around our bags. Um, if there's any questions at all about any of the information on that sheet or anything new about the church, uh, feel free to reach out to uh, most of the folks wearing the, the shirts right now um, are leaders. Um, you can ask me. I think I'm the lone soul in the green shirt here. Um, so happy to answer any questions. And uh, I'm going to pray, and we'll keep moving here, all right? God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for um, the opportunity to continue what you started five years ago with this body of believers, God. In, in many ways, in, in, we're changing over to a new name and, and some, some changes, God. But at the same time, God, we still serve the same God. Lord, and you span anything, any logistics that we have, that we have introduced to this organization, God. So today, this morning, we worship you more than ever, God, and that you'd be the center of this place, God, and that we just fall in love with you so much today, fall in love with you all over again, God. So be in this place, God. We love you. We love you. We invite you. We invite you to Hill City Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and watch this video, guys.
I encountered Jesus was uh, in my adult life. I went to church a lot as a kid, but in my adult life, I ended up living in my mom's house, kind of suicidal from a breakup, and I read a series of books left behind. And as an adult, led me. You know, I felt the Holy Spirit on me reading that book, and it led me to the uh, confessing my sin and accepting Jesus in my life. I think when the first time I encountered Jesus, I was um, I encountered Jesus. I encountered Jesus. I encountered Jesus. I encountered City Church. I, I won't say the first time, but I think uh, the first time I stepped in there, uh, uh, struggling in my marriage and having a lot of, we were separated, so we just needed kids to go. I had a lot of people reach out to me, pray for me, and uh, speak life into my marriage and my, my life itself. And as soon as I knew my life was comfortable there, and I then you know, I have family in the city church, and yeah, pretty much the first time I walked in there, um, very welcoming, uh, very loving. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better place. No other church has ever made me feel as welcome as I can Guys have been reaching out to me to help the homeless and give as much money and food as I can to them and see them and talking to them. Uh, I had a brief stint when I was 19, self-chosen homelessness and long as Corey there, but that, I definitely understand what that lifestyle is like. I had a job, I had money, I had a place to go. God tells me that you know, I need to show those people love and compassion. Regardless of the situation, I believe that's how I'm going to help the audience. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Good morning. How are you guys? I love that family. I love the miners. We love you guys. We love you guys. Give them a hand. I think every person in this place has a story. We really do. We, uh, we have something in us. We have a story within us. And, and, and we were still, some of us are, you know, we're in different parts of the story and it's okay. It's okay. You don't need to. No one has ever arrived. No one. You're not going to come to a place now. I have arrived. There's, there is no such place in, in, in this life as that. We are always pursuing. We're always growing. We're always wanting God more. And, and, and just know this. More than anything else, you guys are making a difference. 
from the setup crew to the people who folded uh, the t-shirts today to the people who flyered, you guys are making a difference. You're all part of that story and many other stories in this place. Just know that sometimes we, it, you, it, I get to hold the mic and say crazy things, and it's not me. It's us as a family of God. I think that's so important for us to understand, from the people in the nursery to the people you smile in the parking lot. It's, it's your story, too. And that, that's important because we, uh, we need to encounter it that way, knowing that we're all in on it. We're all in on it. You are not an outsider as you prepare this place so that people can encounter Jesus. So I just want to thank the team. And I just want to say good morning. Good morning. And if you're, uh, if you're new here, welcome to Hill City Church. And uh, it, it's the first time I got to say that. It's, uh, it feels pretty good, right? And thank you for coming on our first day. And as we transition from a campus to stand on our own and take ownership, I think that's the more important thing is not just a change of name and a change of a uh, couple of signs here and there, but it's to take ownership and say, that's mine. That's my church. Uh, that's the church I go, I, that's my church I go to, you know? You want to go to my church? You want to go to, you want to, uh, I want to introduce you to some of the people in my church family. There's the ownership there, I, and I believe that many of us, we need to take ownership. And when you own it, it's different. It, it says in the Bible about being co-workers in Christ, right? Have anyone worked at a restaurant before? Restaurant workers? And some of you guys, yeah, I know one of you guys, you get, some of you guys still work at a restaurant. And, and it's, it's different being served. Like, I'm serving Gino, like, oh, thank you for coming. What would you like to order? And then it's different to be in the back where you're just messing around and you, you're working hard together, you're helping each other. You have a different lingo, a different closeness when you're coworkers, right? Yeah, you start getting close with your coworkers because you work very close with them. You help them. And, and it says in the Word of God that we are coworkers in Christ. We're not just, we're not, uh, we're, we're not customers, so it, we're not customers. I'm telling you, we're not customers. We are co-workers in the kingdom of God here in church and, and, and so on. And so as we transition, we want to take ownership. We want to dream together. As Hill City Church, we want this to be a life-giving church, a city-changing church, a big faithing church, which is not a word faithing, an authentic Christ-centered community. That's our desire. And for the next four weeks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you the core values of what makes us us. This is going to be the foundational things. I know some of you guys, you guys have core values, and, and some, of, some of them are on the wall and some of them are unsaid, right? Like uh, there's uh, core values are things that you live by, things that direct your path, uh, things that just uh, give us focus, they guide us, they influence big decisions. But the biggest thing of core values is they keep us on our unique call that God has given us. We need to be us, and you need to be you. Like, we can't have, get other people's flavor and say, this is what we're trying to be. I know that we need to try to be, try to, try to grow and try to grow closer to Christ. But we need to do it in the way that God has formed us, made us, and placed us here in Thornton, Colorado. We can't do it like they do it in Texas. We can't do it like they do it in California. We can't do it like they do it up the street. We got to be us the way God has called us, made us. That's right. We do. Give, give God a hand. So this week, we're going to start with our first value, and many of you guys know it because we say it a lot around here, but I extended it, and this is the core value. It says, we must encounter Jesus. Churches don't change lives. What we do is remove everything in the way so that people can encounter Jesus, the Savior of their souls. That's what we really, really believe. When people really experience Jesus, it changes everything, moving people from death to life. That's what we believe here. We must encounter Jesus. Say, encounter Jesus. 
That is so important. I know that was what was in the old core values, but it's transferring over because that is what we're based on. That we need, we want people to encounter. You can encounter me. That's cool, right? You, but at some point, you're going to get sick of me. I'm telling you. Ask Gino. Look at him. He knows. Ask my wife. I, you know, we say mar- marriage is so easy. We never argue. It just gets sweeter every day. Right, babe? No, at some point you get sick of each other. Right? You're like, oh, we're working through it, baby. We're working through it. You know, you move forward because you have a goal, a purpose. We're raising kids together. We're, we're dreaming together. We want to go on adventures together. And sometimes you drive each other mad. I, I love people. They're like, my kids are so, they're such angels. Right? Yeah. Then, then just wait until they're one. Right? That's good. Right? <laughs> we're all people. We're all people. We are, we are all like, we, got, we all got stuff in our lives. But we must encounter Jesus. God has placed a desire in every human heart. And listen to me. God has placed a desire in every human heart, every human heart, for a God encounter. Something deeper than just this. Something, there's something, I like to use the word transcendent. Something so much farther than just like acknowledging what we know. We're like, there has to be more, a divine experience, something beyond us. That's why, you, that's why you can never be settled. You're settled for a moment. You're like, this is what I needed. I needed a big screen TV. And you breathe it in, and then you're sick of it. You're like, I need a bigger screen TV, right? You get a nice car. You're like, this is the best car I've ever had. Then you look at someone else's stuff, and you're like, I need that one, right? It, there's, there's a constant... There's a constant adjustment needing more and more and more, better and better and better. Because there's a search in us that is not filled by those kind of things. We're looking for a feeling of fulfillment, but that feeling does not come. That moment will not come because you were made for God. I'm telling you, you need an encounter with God. And I'm telling you even right now, church is not enough. You know it. You know, we don't need to fake it. You know what's the worst thing about church? When church doesn't have God's presence in here. You're like, you, you, you're just listening to me, blab, right? And you might feel like that even right now. But when the presence of God is here, there's something different in the atmosphere. There's something different about you. There's a, there's a, a passion, a fire that burns in you that's saying there's something different. And I don't know, I can't really put my hands on it, but I know what it, I, I, I can sense what it is, but I can't tell you what it is. It's because there's a fire, there's a soul like filling desire for you to long for God. And when you're in his presence, you feel at peace. But I'm telling you, church is not enough. Teaching is good. It's cool. Music is good. Eating those breakfast burritos outside is awesome, right? Right? Unless you're vegan. But that's not going to sustain you. It is not going to sustain you for the long haul when you face hardships, when you face death, and many of you have, when you face betrayal, and many of you have. Some of the hardest things to get over is the deep betrayal and heartbreak. But I'm telling you, in the presence of God, there is liberty, there is freedom, even from that, even from that, from your past, from yourself. And we need a moment where heaven comes down. We need a moment when in the, in the middle of worship or the word of God, you hear the word of God, and God speaks almost audibly, sometimes audibly to you, and moves your heart, and you're saying, I need that in my life. A moment where God's presence overwhelms you, doing in one moment what we've been trying to do for years. I'm telling you, there's some people in this room and outside this room that need to experience Jesus. 
to heal their minds, to break their addictions, to mend their hearts, to awaken their souls. And I really believe this because this, this is the reason I stand before you. I had an experience with God where, where I was so hardened, but in, in a moment it just broke down the defense broke down so much of what I was going through. Anyone experienced God in that way where you came in hardened, but you, something just broke down? Yeah. Many of us had those moments, and, uh, and, and people need to experience God. Church without God is like Starbucks without Frappuccinos, right? It's like Panda Express without orange chicken. <laughs> Panda Express is no good without orange chicken, right? Just another hole-in-the-wall Chinese place, right? Or chicken, that's right. And, and, and it's like the calves without LeBron, right? The calves without LeBron is the nuggets, right? I'm telling you, that's what it is. Uh, I, I know, we got, we got a new guy from Spain. It's awesome. You guys, it's, I was following on the Twitter feed. No one likes that. We're like, we got a guy, what's his name? From Spain? Yeah, I know. That's right. Calves without LeBron. See, we, we think we're like LeBron sometimes. We th- when we read the Bible, we think we're David. We think we're LeBron. We're like, pass the ball right here. I'm telling you, you're a bench player just like me. When we're cheering on the sidelines, pass to LeBron, right? That's what, you're saying. That's what you're saying too. That's what I say when I'm watching the game. He'll score all the points, even though they beat the Warriors. And, and, and that's what we're, we, we want to do. We want to focus on the main thing, which is Jesus Christ. We want to pass the ball to him, and we want to move everything out of the way so that people can experience Christ. Christ, that's what we're wanting to do. I love Moses in the Bible, how he said uh, he, knew, uh, he knew this understanding that he was not the main thing. Even though people were looking to him, they're like, what, do you, what, what should we do, Moses? And Moses is like, uh, I, I need to go up the mountain. I need to talk to God because I'm just a bench player, man. You just don't know that yet. You just don't know that yet. So he goes up the mountain. But uh, there's a moment in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, chapter 33. And, yeah. We love the word of God here. We believe it's authority. In the book of Exodus 33, there's a moment where God is just done with his people. He's done. He's like, I'm done. I'm done with you guys. He loves them, but he's driving, they're driving him crazy, and they get amnesia all the time, forgetting what God has done in Egypt and so on, and always complaining about what they don't have. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Right? You ever look at your kids and you say, you got everything, and you're complaining about what you don't have. I don't got Nikes, mom. Yeah, you can get the boot. That's what you're going to get, right? No, you, you, you complain about the little things, and we're all like our kids. We complain. We, we look at our kids and look at them, and we do the same thing. Look at my life. I don't have this, or I don't have that. We point out the, old, the only things that we don't have, and we say, I'm missing something in my life. And, I'm t- and God's like, look around, man. You're breathing. Look at, look at what I brought you up in. Look at the skills that I, look at the people that I put around you. Look at the love. Look at the church that I put you in. Look, look, at, look at the passions I put in you. Don't get caught up complaining about what you don't have. And that's what they had. That's what the people of Egypt, I mean, people of Israel were doing. And, and we all find ourselves there. So God is saying, I'm done. You can have the promised land, but I'm not going with you. I'm not going with you, man. You can have the promises that I've promised you, but I'm not going with you. And listen how Moses responds, and I love this, in Exodus 33, 15. Then he said to him, he, say, he responds to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. I love that statement, because it's a harsh statement, I'm telling you. 
He's saying, if your presence does not go with us, God, I would rather sit in the, in the sands of the desert instead of going into the promise. That's a harsh statement. We, a lot of times, we were like, if your presence does not go with us, I will see you in the promised land, maybe, right? We, 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 we were like, I'm still going to the promise because it's the promise, right? It's okay, it's okay. But Moses' statement is saying, I would rather have you than anything else. I'd rather have you. I'd rather go through a hardship with you than live in the promise without you. That's a, that's a different kind of heart. That's a different kind of encounter. Moses don't want to have church. Moses wants to experience God. Moses doesn't just want to memorize verses. Moses wants to know God face to face, to stand before him and say, I want you, God. I want you. Verse 16, how then, he starts, he starts, he's like a lawyer. He says, how then can it be known that I found favor in your sight, God? I and your people. Is it not by you going with us so that we, I, your people, may be distinguished, distinguished from all the other people upon the face of the earth? What distinguishes us is your presence, he's saying. Not our Jesus t-shirts, even though they're nice, right? Not our big Bibles, right? Not, not, not our church attendance record. Not our Jesus tattoos. It's you, God. It's you. It's you in our lives, it's you in our homes, it's you in our family, it's you in our church that distinguishes us from the rest of the world. It's your presence that we need. I'm telling you, what you need today and every day is not a, just not a, another day saying it's a good day, thanks for blessing me. No, you need God's presence with you. It will change your whole day. It will change your whole life. Maybe the issue we face today is that we are trying to live in the promises of God without the presence of God. Think about that. We want his promise without his presence. Just like the people of Israel, they're like, we'll still go to the promised land, right? Don't say that, Moses. <laughs> Don't say that. I don't want to stay out here. I, I want to go to the promised land. Anyone feel that way? Church without God, I told you before, is lame. I'm telling you. It's lame. It's just a bunch of us. And I'm not saying you're lame. Maybe I am. Sorry. Maybe I'm not. Sorry. But this might blow your mind. The primary role of what we're doing here today is not so we can be blessed. It is not. We come to this place and we come together to bless God. It's a totally different understanding of why we, why we do what we do. We don't come to this place and say, God, I need something. And, and God will fill you. God will do some stuff. But we got to change our mentality from saying, God, bless me. Instead, we say, God, I want to bless you. God, do, do whatever you want in my life, but I'm going to take whatever you have placed in my life to bless you. You, to, you know what happens if you breathe in all the time and you don't breathe out? You die. That's what happens. And sometimes we want God just to feed us. Come on, give me more. Give me more. Give me more, God. All our prayers is surrounded by how God can fill our lives instead of saying, God, breathe out. God, take whatever you've placed in me, and I want to place that in someone else. I want to place that in this, in, on this earth. The, prep, the purpose of God's grace is not for you. I know. I know. I know you're wonderfully made, beautifully and wonderfully made. In the Bible, it says all sorts of things that are good for you. But I'm telling you, that's not the, you are not the purpose. You are not the purpose. The purpose is to breathe out so that people can, you can receive grace and that grace can flow through you. That your life is an open check to God and saying, God, my life is a blank check. Do what you want with me. 
That is the purpose that we breathe out God's grace, God's love, whatever is flowing through us. That is what worship is. The Hebrew word for worship literally means to fall on our face and kiss the feet. Think about that. Fall on your face and kiss the feet. Next time you worship, next time we're singing these songs, don't sing songs. Think about what worship actually means. It's to fall on your face and to kiss the feet. It's, it's an it's a, it's a analogy of being in front of the king. In, you, don't, you don't have any rights when you're in front of the king back in the day, right? You, you come to the king like humbly, right? Humbly before him. And, you, and sometimes they would kiss their hand or kiss their feet. But they, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a sign of surrender. And when we come to God, let us not come puffed, chested and saying, this is how I am. This is what you need to do. But we come to God just saying, God, whatever you need to do, you are the king of my life. I come humbly before you, broken before you, so you can do whatever you need to do in my life, God. It's humility and submission. Worship, it's a magnification of God and the minimization of yourself. That's what worship is. And so when, you, when they jump and you're like, I don't do that kind of stuff, I, I'm an adult. I'm too big. I, I'm too good for that kind of stuff. And we, we you know, it says we, we don't, we're, we're not abandoned to the things of God sometimes because we, we want to look a certain way. And it's all right. We're, God's still working through all of us. But I love kids because they don't care. They don't care if there's food on their face, right? They don't care if they wore the same clothes for 10 days. They don't. They don't care about how they, they don't care about all those things. And, and it should matter. They should switch out and they do smell, right? But they don't care that much. They will enter into the worship of God in any moment because they just don't care because they're not, their pride isn't built that way. They'll just go for it. And I pray, can we build a church? Can we be a church where we just go for it? Man, pass that ball to LeBron, folks. It ain't you. You're not going to shoot a three. Can you imagine if the Bulls, the Bulls were playing the Jazz back in the day in the finals. I'm sorry I'm going into basketball, right? And, and can you imagine if one of the players, and it was like, it was three seconds left, and the Bulls had the ball, and they were down by one. Can you imagine if someone stepped up and said, man, you know, you know Michael's been shooting the ball all day. Can I, can I get a shot? You know, Michael's, Michael took 33 shots today. Can I take at least one shot, Josh? Right? You, that's unfair, God. That's unfair. What about me? And sometimes I don't want us to ever come to this church and say, what about me attitude? Pass the ball to Michael. He's going to make that shot. Right? right? And it's, it's that time. We got to know what this is about. We got to know that it's about Jesus. And we need to pass the ball to him every time, clearing out the way, setting up the play so that Jesus can be encountered in this room. Amen? Man, give God praise. And, and I, I just want to say, the Bible is all about that. It's about Jesus. It's the betterment of Christ. He wants to be encountered. And some of us uh, here today... You've been here because you encountered God, uh, but we don't know it today. We've encountered him in the past, and we're living us off some past experiences. When was the last time God spoke to you, spoke to your heart, moved in you during worship? When was the last time when his presence was heavy and you could feel the weight of his glory, the weight of who he is? 
When was the last time you just thought about him and it brought tears to your eyes because you understood the grace and the joy that he brings your life? In 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, it says, Whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes a veil and there they were face to face, right? The veil separa- uh, is separation. Like on a wedding day, the, wife, the, uh, the bride wears the veil. And in the moment you've said your vows, they say you may kiss your bride. And it, it symbolizes when you take that veil to kiss her and you make out with her for about 30 seconds, which is always weird at a wedding, you know? They're like, oh, that's, that's weird, okay. And, but when you're doing that, you're breaking through the barrier, the veil, the separation of what was and saying there's a union in that. And, and, and the veil symbolizes anything that gets in the way of you and God. And we all got veils. I'm telling you. You're like, those people got veils. I've been in church a while. I, I understand that. No, I'm telling you, we all have them in our lives. And the longer we go on this journey with God, the more we need to look within ourselves to be aware that there's things in us that are veiling, that are separating us from God. And we have not been with God face-to-face in a while. Then we need to break through some of these. And it could be our pride, our hidden sin, our religiosity, our apathy, and plain selfishness. We want to take the last shot. And I pray today and as we start this church that we fall on our face before God and say, God, break whatever is in my way because we need to see you. My family needs to see you. Fathers, you must break through your veil so your family can see you. Mothers, you need to break through that veil. Singles, students, we need to break through that veil so that people can see God face to face through your life. Verse 17, it says, and suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. He's, uh, Paul is saying that God is not the Ten Commandments or a set of rules and requirements. And then it says, and when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete and we're free of it. Religion is what we, got, we have to do, but relationship is what you choose to do. So here are two reasons why we need to encounter God. Number one, we need power, not just words. Some of you today, if you would be honest, what you're facing today, words can't fix. I'm telling you. I can say whatever into your life, but it's not going to fix that thing. You need a miracle. You need a healing. You need purpose. You've done all you can, and now you're at a point where you need God to move. The Apostle Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 3, 3 to 5. I came to you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. I feel this way sometimes. I'm speaking to you guys and it's not wise and persuasive sometimes. And, and, and then he, I love what he says, but with a demonstration of the spirit and power. What they need is not another wise word, another a wise, just uh, some wisdom. They need a move of God right now so that your faith might, might not rest on the, the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. We need the power, not just words. Number two, we need an experience, not just an explanation. Sometimes it, we need an experience. There are people here sitting on the fence. Is God real? Is this for me? Does God fit in my life? And, and we can't get our minds wrapped around God. But faith is not based on our intellectual capacity. I'm telling you. And, and, and he doesn't fit our mentality, our mental capacity. If, he, if God fit our mental capacity, he would be only as big as how we could think about him. Think about that for a moment. 
Our understanding is how big God can be if that's all God is. Just an idea. Listen, there are some things I can explain, but there's other things that need to be experienced. You don't need, you, you don't need an explanation. You need a real experience with God. There's pictures this morning in the slideshow about Ethiopia, and you saw the kids jumping, and you saw us fixing things, and you saw all these things going on at Thrive Academy, the kids, the peoples, uh, the crazy baboons that I showed you, uh, the impact that you guys are making there. But for most of you, you see that, and you, what you really need is an experience there, and it would change your life. I can tell you about a Bronco game. Anyone Bronco fans here? Right? Ooh, I like that. Not much cheering. They're, they're becoming 49ers fans slowly. Right? No, no. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I love going to a Bronco game as a 49er fan because it's deafening. I've never, like, at a 49er game, they're not that loud. They're like, right? But they're like, excellent. Kaepernick, go, go. Right? It's like, it's not as loud as a Bronco game. If Bronco games are deafening. You have to bring earplugs, Right? And, and, and it's crazy. I can tell you all about it. It was awesome. I was there. It was so loud. I couldn't hear. I was trying to talk to my friend, and we were yelling at each other right next to each other, right? And, and, and the people who have been there, you understand what I'm talking about. And I can tell you how awesome and how ex- exciting it was, but it, you, got, you got to be there. You got to experience it for yourself. And when people encounter Jesus, they need to experience it for themselves. I can talk about my encounter, my life, what God is doing in my life. But if it does not transit late over to your life. If you don't want it, I can't give it to you. I can't, I can't feed you. You're grown, you're grown people. Man, the, what I, Sundays, if you, if, you don't, if you don't search God for yourself after Sunday, it's like a pacifier. Have you ever put a pacifier in a baby's mouth? It's like a, it, it does not, it's not going to complete them. It's, they're not going to be full. If you don't take the word of God, and you drink it, and you eat it for yourself, it's going to pacify you for a moment, but you're always going to be hungry. It's, not, it's never going to be enough for you. And I'm scared sometimes because I, some people very much depend on my spirituality for your spirituality, and it's not enough for you. I'm telling you, it's not enough for you. You got to get it for yourself. You got to be hungry enough to get it for yourself. I'm telling you, please, church, just, just listen just for one moment. If you're not going to go after it, no one can do it for you. You got to pick up a spoon. You got to pick up the word of God. You got to get in prayer yourself and say, God, I need you to speak to me. And I, I say you are the light of the world, and you, you understand, like, that's pretty cool stuff. That's good. I, I like the sound of that. We like the sound of many things, but are you the light of the world? Wherever you go, are you changing that place or are you bringing more darkness? And I'm not trying to be harsh on you, but I absolutely am because the Word of God is that way. The Word of God tests us, and it's like a mirror and saying, this is Christ. Imitate that. Don't imitate me because I'm crazy. Imitate Jesus. I'm a bench player, folks. Imitate Jesus. He's the one you want to look at. He's the one you want to follow. He's the one that you want to pass to. Imitate him. I'm telling you, let us not get caught up because it's going to cost you to follow Christ. Everyone in the Bible, it costs them. 
It's going to cost us corporately, and it's going to cost you personally. And I don't want you to jump into saying, I'm a Christian, I'm, I, this is what I am, without understanding the cost that follows him, that says, God, to be a Christian, you have to say, God, use my life for whatever you want to do. I had a way of doing things, but if you need to change it, change it. If you need to change the place I live, change it, God. If you want to change the place I work, change it, God. Whatever you need to do, do that. Do that. That is what it means to follow Christ. There is a cost. There is a cost to follow Christ, to put our wants aside so that people far from God can encounter Jesus in a deep way. We got to pay the price in prayer. We got to pay the price in serving. We got to pay the price in loving. When you don't want to do something, man, we have lost our rights if you're saying you are king. I know. I know this not, doesn't sound like good church time, right? But this is what the Bible has asked of us. So, how do we do this? Jesus said it like this in Matthew 13, 14, and 15. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. Think about that. You can hear it. You can see it. You can't, you can, but you can never understand what I'm even saying today. It'll never, you'll understand what I'm saying, but you won't understand it. That's what Jesus is saying. Think about that for a moment. And this is scary because if heaven and hell is truly on the line, and I'm saying this, you can hear me, you can see me, and you can understand what I'm saying, but it's not getting into you. This is a scary word from Jesus. And he says, for the people's hearts has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and would, I would heal them. Some of us, we've been asking God the same thing and nothing's happening because we can't really hear God. We can't really see God and God can't heal our hearts because what we want, it trumps what God wants in our lives. God says, let it go. He elses us and says, let go of that unforgiveness. But we want to live in, in cry. We, we want to live in, in faith and saying, it's okay, I can have this. It's okay, God, God's going to allow me to have this in my life. He, we don't need to work this through. We lie to ourselves and we change what Jesus has said. We don't need to work this through. I can continue on this path. I can continue with addiction. I can continue to treat my wife this way. I can continue to put my, my kids at the back end. I can continue this way. And it's all okay. We can do it in the name of Christ. We can do it in the name of Christianity. And Jesus said, no way. I'm not gonna, I'm not, that's not going to happen. That's not what following Christ means. And it says this, some of us, our hearts are calloused, and we've been hardened through hurtful experiences, and I'm not downplaying your experiences. I'm not. Some of you in the last couple of years have faced death, and it has beat you up so deeply, and you still feel wounded. Some of you, you've been through a car accident. Some of you have been through all these things. You have lost loved ones. You have been betrayed. And I'm telling you, at some point, we've got to trust God, even past our moment. So what do we need to do? Hosea 10, 12 says this, sow for yourself righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. And what he is saying, he's saying you got to take some tools and you got to break down the, the barriers. And some of you guys have barriers in your marriage and you guys just leave it up 
and, I, and, and all of us are a part of that. We, we leave up things in our marriage like it's going gonna, it's gonna to change, right? We leave things up in our relationship with one another like, oh, it's okay. We can still act this way. Like, like it will change and as, as long as we ignore it. And that's the opposite of the gospel. You go at the barriers. You break down the, the, the unplowed ground. It's time to seek the Lord. Break up the soil of our hearts and clean the way. It's time to push. Say push. You got to push. You got to dig when you don't feel like it. You do. You got to dig. Write down these three words. Number one, desperation. God is looking for a people who are not okay with okay. He is looking for a people that is not okay with okay, not content with ordinary church life. As long as I don't cuss, as long as I don't do this, as long as I don't watch these shows, then I'm all good. And God's not okay with okay. He's like, what are you talking about? Oh, you, we, we, we always go, we always put Christianity or we put our faith in things we don't do. And I want to ask, what do you do? What makes your life a Christ-following life instead of just saying what we don't do? Because sometimes we lean that way. This is what I don't do. Let me tell you, I'm a Christian. I don't do all these things. I'm telling him that's how good I am. And God turns to us and he's like, what are you talking about? What do you do? What do you do in your life? What do you do that is about eternity? What do you do that is about the kingdom of God? Past this moment, desperation, not content with ordinary life. There has to be more. This is not good enough. I'm not okay. God, I need more of you. I'm desperate for more. I'm dissatisfied with church as usual. You know what desperation is like. You know when all-out abandonment feels like. That's how you got your wife or your husband, right? When I, when, when I was uh, tra- dating Candace, I would drive 12 hours straight after work just to see her for just a couple hours to drive back. You know why? Because you lost your mind. Because when you're in love, you lose your mind. Like, it's not, you are so, like, you are all in. You don't care what the barrier is. You're like, I don't care if it's a 24-hour drive. I'm going to see you tomorrow. That's what you say. Because you're crazy. You lost your mind. You are in, in, in this, not in just the desperation, but in this passion for, for the, the person uh, uh, that I was in passion. I, man, I wanted to just see Candace. And, but that same like, passion, is that in you, your walk with Christ? Saying, I don't care how long it takes. I got to experience you. I got to see you. I got to have this in my life. Desperate. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Number two is humility. God's will over my will. That's hard because of pride. Humility, the word for, uh, the core word for humility is humiliation, where you just don't care. Like I was talking about the kids, they just don't care. They'll, they'll worship God with like food all over their face, like with their hair sideways, you know, one going west and other going east. They don't care. They can look crazy. They, they, they lost their mind sometimes. They're, but they're, it, it is a place where they just don't care. In the humiliation, they will, they will walk with Christ in the, that, because Christ is their strength. But we need to humble ourselves to give, to forgive, to love, to serve, to worship. Humility, it goes against self-preservation. But some of us, that's exactly what we need. Humility. Listen to this in Philippians 2. 3 to 8 says, do nothing out of self af- selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than you. Think about that, than yourself. Let each, just think about that. Count others 
way, count others more significant than yourself. That's hard. It's hard, but that's what he's calling us to. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but the interest of others. Have this in mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who, and think about Jesus, who through, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, say emptied himself, by taking a form of servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Humiliation. I'm telling you. He was naked on a cross. That's your God. You didn't come, man, in, in the cool white robe and on a horse and taking authority. He came humble and died naked on a cross. And he was saying, it's for you. Don't get lost in that. The guys are going to start passing out some of the sacraments as we close up today. And lastly, I just want to say in humility, you got to say, empty me, God. This week, I want you to pray a prayer that says, empty me, God. Number three is repentance. And this is going to be huge in our church. It is. It's time to get right with God. Stop running. Stop faking. Sin separates us from God. Let's stand as they pass that out. Sin will separate you from God. And it will separate you from each other. It will. Repentance is not just confession, not just saying, God, forgive me. Repentance is to see us as we are and God as he is. Almighty. Many of us need a heart of repentance. We don't need just to repent, but a heart of repentance because we have become okay with sin in our life, okay with lust, okay with greed. I'm just calling it out, okay with gossip, okay with hatred. It's okay, I can feel this way. I'm telling you, it's not okay. Okay with, with talking trash about somebody. Okay with talking, feeling a way with, about your wife. Okay with these things in your life and saying, I'm still good. I'm still good, right, God? And Jesus would say, no way. You're not good. Get right. Make a time of repentance. We can't just live on and represent God in this way. Justifying our sin like it didn't cost Jesus his life. It cost him his whole life. Heavenly Father, speak to us. It's time to come back to repentance. Come back to tears. God is a good Father wanting the best for you. And God doesn't need your repentance. The person that needs repentance is you. We need it. We need to get our sin out. We need to get free from all the garbage in our lives. Repentance is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength. It is. Knowing who we are knowing who God is and responding appropriately. I challenge you today as we get the sacraments in our hand, I want you to remember as we start this off, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and everyone take the bread and I like to break it in my hand. And he broke it. Oh, it's still coming around. There we go. That's why you're staring at me. Take a moment just to pray. Take a moment. Just If there's things in your life that you need to get out, man, pray, God, forgive me. There's no magic prayers. You just pray to God like, like you would pray to your Father who loves you. God, forgive me. God of my pride, God. God, forgive me to think that I could do it, God. 
What we need is not a move of John in this place. We need a move of Jesus Christ. We need forgiveness of sin, Lord God, because I can't carry, Lord, unforgiveness any longer. We have the forgiveness because of our worries, because we've been carrying worry, Lord God. It's been so heavy, and it's been tearing us apart, Lord God. And it's showing me, Lord, that I don't trust you like I really think I do, like I say I do, God. God, forgive us, and we turn, and we face you, God. And on the night, Lord God, that you were betrayed, Lord On your very worst night, God, you took bread and you broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you and I want you to imagine the cross because sometimes we don't even think about the cross. And his body was broken and beaten and whipped because he was taking the punishment of our sin, of what we deserve. And he took it. This is my body that was broken for you. He says, as you eat of this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. On that same night, he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood. And this is the sign for the new covenant that I'm going to cleanse you. That it's not by your works or your goodness, but it's by my work of, of the cross. This is my blood that's poured out for you. As you take this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. Heavenly Father, I pray in this place, if you're in this place and God is speaking to your heart and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you've come to church or this is, could be your first time, but you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You've never written a blank check to Jesus, signed your name and said, do whatever you want with my life. And, and you're in this place and you're saying, I need to give my life totally over to God. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Say, I need to get right with God. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. If you're in this place and God is speaking to your heart to bring your level of worship, to remove any sin, and to break away the unplowed ground, I pray this week, not this moment, I can't. This is just a pacifying word if we don't take this and we eat it throughout the rest of the week. Heavenly Father, as we close today, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts, God, that you would work in our lives, and Lord God, you would break up the unplowed ground, and that you would change our lives, and throughout the rest of the week, Jesus, that you would be glorified, that we would pass the ball to you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Let's sing this one last chorus. So let it echo. From this city to the nations, the sound of praise, let the windows of the heavens.
Lord God. It's not just the feeling, it's not just the moment, Lord God, but we go seeking after you like your God because you are God. And we thank you for this church as we launch out as Hill City Church. We're excited for more of you. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. Go out there, greet some people, get into people's lives, and we got snow cones. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>